0: Today's wonderful return by us, your favorite podcast in the world, the Goldcast, the greatest Goldcast in the game. This episode is sponsored by Thanks. We're going to give thanks for what we're thankful for. And Raymond, I'm going to start us off by saying I'm thankful that we had a really fun, uh, not too violent, not too deadly fight between Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. I'm really thankful about that. Ray, what are you thankful for? I'm thankful for the fact
1: that Sean McVay's kryptonite is Kyle Shanahan. It's a really good kryptonite to have. If, if you're, you're a 49ers Kyush- fan. Yes, if you're a 49ers fan. Yes, yes. yes
0: Absolutely. Fan. I agree. That is that's 100%, 100% Kyle Shanahan is Sean McVay's kryptonite. And uh, we are back, Raymond. Our little one-week holiday sabbatical is over. It is now full steam ahead with the GoldCast. And uh, before we get started, why don't you let them know, where can they find the GoldCast?
1: You can always like us on Instagram at The Goldcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at The underscore Goldcast, And be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere that podcasts are syndicated, we are there. If you want to get involved in the conversation, YouTube is the best place to go for that. So join the comment section and give us a big like to help us feed the algorithm and be a part of The 49er Faithful podcast although that's not the name of our show it's the gold cast but we're faithful because we're 49ers fans (laughs) yeah they get it you should get it
0: and for the newcomers absolutely join the conversation go visit us on YouTube and at Instagram. A uh, lot of lot happening at both those particular social media sites. Uh, we've got a huge episode for you today. Of course, the uh, we're gonna start with a little bit of chat about Tyson versus Jones, because that was a really fun, fun fight. Uh, we had a lot of fun, it was it was just a great show, and we have, we definitely wanna hit on, hit on that before we move on. And of course, the biggest news of the day, the 49ers sweep the Rams, and take them down I love it uh, Raymond already mentioning we are the kryptonite for the Los Angeles Rams and that can of be uh, you know that, that that is that is exactly what we are so very exciting uh, and then of course because we won today we're proudly bringing back our three highlights of the week which you're gonna have to go on Instagram or to our YouTube video to visually see but I'll, I'll describe a little bit to you here on the podcast all right here we go the greatest fanalist in the game—he's here. You're Professor of Fanalism. I'm in the building too. Class is in session. Let's go.
1: San Francisco, are you ready? Are you
0: ready? This is the Gold Cast. Boom! Welcome to another edition of the Gold Cast. We are the voice of the Bay. I'm your host Rudy Sousa III, and with me is my brother, my co-host. Raven Salista first baby boom what a weekend what a weekend of sports we obviously we are going to spend uh, most of this episode talking about the Rams and getting swept by the 49ers absolutely but first we've got to talk about Tyson versus Jones this was so hyped This was, you know, I I, we were looking forward to this fight for weeks. The world was looking forward to this fight. What were we gonna get? We were gonna get just two completely shell shocked, you know, ghosts of Jones and Junior. Where we're gonna get? We weren't gonna get the guys that we knew in their heyday. We all expected that these gentlemen are both in their fifties. I believe fifty-four and fifty-one. Right, Ray? Am I right on that? Yes, correct. So, but what we were hoping for was a fun and entertaining fight. That's what we wanted, and that is what we got. Man, Raymond. Uh, Despite their ages, these men are terrifying. And I would not even last 30 seconds in the ring with either of these senior citizens. What did you think about Tyson versus Jones?
1: I mean, look at Tyson's face. That'll tell you everything you need to know about whether he still has the fierce competitor in him. Uh, The lion is still there. The gorilla is still there. He's my favorite boxer of all time he's really the only weight class i've ever really watched intently i didn't watch any of i don't watch any of the other weight classes although i'm aware of all of the good fighters in that class like sugar ray leonard and some of those guys but i've never watched any boxer more eagerly than i have mike tyson throughout his career because when he was when he was coming up i was a kid and in the 80s and that was the premier boxer to watch at that time so everyone the whole family would get together and watch him so i was very excited for this match i was hoping tyson would win i believe he did win i thought they were just they gave a courteous draw in my opinion just a a, a respect a gentleman's draw is uh, how i interpreted it but um, I thought it was fantastic. They both were in tremendous shape for their 50s. I really hope that I can get somewhere close to that by the time I'm that age. Uh, Pat McNamara also in his 50s, shout out to Pat McNamara. He inspires me uh, for, for fitness uh, in your 50s. But um, as far as the fight goes, I thought it was terrific. I thought Tyson, Tyson looked good. He looked really good. Uh, he looked calm as a cucumber. And he looked like he had some blows that Roy Jones Jr. was just not expecting. And Roy, jo- Roy, jo- Roy Jones, to his credit, hung in there with Iron Mike Tyson, which is no easy task for anybody. I don't care what age you're at. and and delivered some blows to Tyson too. I thought that was that was great on his side. But I mean, to me, this show, even the way it was dressed, the 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 advertisement in the back, it really was very, very tailored towards tyson just because he's the bigger marquee name he's the biggest name in boxing arguably um and he still can deliver a great show even in a friendly exhibition match and uh and i thought it was just fun all around so uh very fun surprising uh entertainment for a saturday night on thanksgiving weekend
0: i completely agree It was very exciting. Uh, Snoop Dogg perform. Snoop Dogg, by the way, they should have him commentating on so many more sports because he was hilarious. The the joke at the beginning about how this is like two two of his uncles going at it at the barbecue was the. I was laughing (laughs) so so bad. That was amazing. It was hilarious. Uh, It was very very funny. He was he was perfectly. Uh, Mauro Ronaldo, who is one of my favorite uh comp, sports commentators he is a beast when it comes to pro wrestling he was great in mma he just knows how to deliver like that fire and thunder he's just got that voice this booming voice and he gets so animated and he gets so in to the competition itself that he's just so easy to take you along the journey and let's not forget this was then opened and called by michael buffer michael buffer opened us up with Let's Get Ready to Rumble. Uh, when I was a kid growing up, I remember watching WCW and any pay-per-view event with WCW was there. Michael Buffer was there. And I, I also knew him from boxing. But I my my heart, my favorite my favorite place to see Michael Buffer was at the beginning of a WCW pay-per-view world title match. That was the best place. That's where I wanted to see Buffer. And to see Buffer... In, in at the fight, uh, announcing the fight, opening the fight, presenting the fight. Just awesome. Just the, the perfect little cherry on top. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I thought Tyson's head movement was very impressive. I talked about this on Twitter. Uh, his head movement was very impressive. I thought his his angles, the way he was coming in, and those hooks. The thing about Roy Jones, Roy Jones saved himself from probably, I'd say, three to five knockout blows that happened throughout the match three to five there were three to five blows that Tyson threw. where if if Jones's chin was right where it right where it was a second before he might have knocked him out Jones for his sake doesn't have that head movement. But what he does have is that excellent footwork. His footwork was fantastic, and his footwork kept him out of harm's way. And in the later rounds, I really thought he started to come around in five rounds 5, 6, and 7. That's where he really started to see Jones kind of get a feel for Tyson's style, a feel for what's going on in the match. And he delivered a couple nasty combos towards the end there. I think it was right at the beginning of round 7 he delivered a really nasty combo and I was like damn I don't know how Tyson's even standing after that so it was really fun to see this match really fun to see that these guys still were able to uh generate an entertaining fight I also liked Raymond that it was eight rounds instead of 12 two minute rounds versus three minute rounds I just thought given their advanced age it felt like this was a um this was uh a the parameters that they could handle um but, yeah, just a really fun fight. You have any last thoughts after what I just said? No,
1: that was um, – I loved every minute of it. Tyson still has that same aggressive style because his – even though he doesn't have the same footwork as Roy Jones Jr., his his, um, his ability to dodge and, and read punches in tight spaces because his disadvantage his entire career has been reach. Um, so for him – Reach and height. Yeah, reach and height and, and weight. Um so for him to be able to come into a tight quarters and be able to dodge and move, dodge punches within that space, he's still got that ability, which is just unparalleled. I've never seen any boxer be able to do that, you know, uh uh, Roy Jones moves uses his feet to get his entire body out of harm's way, whereas Tyson will stay close because he's looking for those he's looking for those punches because that's really where he opens up with his signature hook and uppercut, all those punt, those combos that he devastated with in the 80s. He's looking to throw those blows um, because uh, he, he he's that good at dodging uh, the
0: close quarter punches. <clears throat> He really is. He's good at that dirty boxing, inside boxing, hooks and uppercuts is basically what he throws the most, and just a really impressive. This was uh, quickly followed up by our father, unofficial fourth member of the Gold Cast, Rudy Sluice Jr., putting on a YouTube compilation of every knockout Tyson has ever delivered. Uh, it was about 30, 40 minutes long, and it was a guy explaining it on the on the video and. Boy, it was just it was just became Tyson night. It became Tyson night and it was a lot of fun.
1: Worth a watch if you guys are big
0: Tyson fans. It was a cool video. Mm. It was really cool. But Raymond, now let's move on to the main event of our show, which of course we have got to move on to our boys. We sent a message. We sent a message to our boy Louis B on Instagram. If you go to our stories right now, we put a little video together that starred me my brother Raymond, and for the first time ever appearing on the GoldCast, our father, Rudy Solis Jr., unofficial fourth member of the GoldCast, we sent a little song about explaining to Louis that we swept the Rams. In fact, you know what? I'm going to put it on here right now just so you can see it. Everyone check it out right now. Here it is. You'll be able to hear it on the podcast. You'll be able to see it on the GoldCast. Check it out. First of all, I just want to wish Louis a happy Thanksgiving, and I want to remind you that we swept the Rams! We swept the Rams! We swept the Rams! I love it, Ray. I thought that was the perfect Thanksgiving message. It was about giving thanks that the Niners swept the Rams. And I think that's something to be thankful for.
1: It is. And even if you're a Rams fan, you got to be thankful for everything you can get. And you've <laughs> got to show respect and humbleness even in the face of loss. So if you're a Rams <laughs> fan, be thankful that you lost. I mean that doesn't it doesn't it's it's hard to lose four straight to the same team in your division. So be thankful for that. That's uh that's my that's my Thanksgiving
0: advice for twenty twenty. Thank you. Ian Raymond, that's an excellent point. It's hard to lose four straight to the same team. But you know what that shows? Consistency. And consistency is key in the NFL. So props. Louis Raymond, our boy, actually Louis B earlier in the week had proclaimed that the Rams were the best team in the NFC. So for us to deliver this blow to the Rams, uh, I did see a, a brief clip on, on social media of Aaron Donald slamming his helmet into the field. I, I couldn't figure out if that was this game or a different game. I, I was like, did that happen this week? So I'm not sure. I'm not trying to deliver fake news or, or real news. I'm just saying I know they were pissed. Aaron Donald hates the 49ers. He hates us the way we hate the Seahawks and frustrated and he basically put that team on his back. Those 17 unanswered points between the 3rd and the 4th quarter had me terrified. I thought, "Oh, here we go."
1: I thought we were going to collapse cuz I was like, "Oh my god, we're missing so many pieces. We can't we can't this team cannot handle those types of blows this year." Last year it handled it with grace, and you like you were never scared at all. But this year, I'm like, oh, my God, I think Aaron Donald might have just given us the killing blow. Might have just given us a, a Mike Tyson hook followed by an uppercut comb- signature two-hit two combination. And but, uh, but the Niners hung in there. Uh, so big, mad credit to the defense in this game for sure.
0: Absolutely. I, I totally agree. Mad credit to the defense. And I'll tell you what I thought was the big key to this game was um Shanahan tried to go for a couple big death blows and the uh, death blows in the passing game, tried to throw a couple haymakers himself. Um this is I like how this has become a boxing inspired uh, metaphor for the entire show. So he tried, he tried to throw a couple haymakers. Didn't work. not through any fault of his own, but because Nick Mullins is just, you know, he's just not the guy. He's not the guy, unfortunately. And we love Nick Mullins. This is a show that supports and loves Nick Mullins, but unfortunately, he's just not the guy. So then, what, what, did, what, did, what did we do? We brought back the running game a little bit. We were still struggling with the run, but we stuck to the running game, and then they started going classic West Coast offense. Little, that little slant pass to Debo Samuel, it was coming, it was coming towards the middle. Huge play. Little dump-off passes left and right towards the edges behind the line of scrimmage. They, we just kind of slowed the game down. We we kept we stuck to the run and we didn't give up on the pass. We did not we did not allow the Rams tried to make us one-dimensional. They tried. They tried to force us to they tried to force us to beat them with McMullen's arm. And so instead of going big, we went West Coast offense. We got a little smaller and it proved to be that patience proved to be worthwhile and it got us that victory in the end. The great part too, at the very end, how about the play calling? Between McVeigh and Shanahan, where McVeigh where Shanahan lets McVeigh waste all his timeouts. And then we, we just we get further just a little bit more, just enough more to where we could just kick the field goal with no time left on the clock. And
1: then Jalen Ramsey goes off sides to give us five more yards. Yes. And a first down.
0: <laughs> yes. We had seventeen unanswered points in the middle, but then you know, it looked like the Niners were going to collapse, but then they hung in there, and the, I really felt like the Rams got really discombobulated those final three to five minutes of the game. They really, they really, you know, they got out of sorts. You could, they, they kind of pulled it together, and then they pulled it apart again. Uh, just enough time for the Niners to eke this out. Uh, it was a great game. Let's talk about the return of some big people. You are always our injury report guy. Why don't you talk about who came back? and what you thought about their return, because we had some major players that came back this week. Well, we had
1: three major players coming back. We had our number one dynamic wide receiver in Debo Samuel, which we've already mentioned. We have our number one running back in Raheem Mostert, and we have our number one cornerback, Richard Sherman. So we had three number ones coming back to the lineup today. And as you can see, for those who watched the game, they all made an impact at some point or another. Debo Samuel made an impact throughout the entire game. So if I had to give a game ball to anybody, any one individual, it would have to be Debo Samuel without a doubt. Uh, but Richard Sherman chipped in with an early interception in the first half. Although we didn't come away with points on that, uh, it was still started. You know, it was part of a chain of a multiple turnover effort by the defense. Him and Jimmy Ward, aka Iron Man. They were both excellent today uh, in, the, uh, in the backfield. Jibby Ward, I think, had a two forced fumbles at the end of the day. But going back, um, Raheem Mostert coming back to the lineup, even though it wasn't the greatest effort, the Rams really did a decent job slowing down the run. Raheem Mostert only averaged 2.7 yards per carry. Jeff Wilson actually fared a little bit better, averaging 3.6 yards. And, you know, Jarek McKinnon really only had three touches, but he was averaging seven yards per touch. I thought he looked the the better of the three, even though he had the smallest sample size of of running attempts. But I thought that, you know, Kyle Juszczyk also chipped in, too. He had a couple of touches for four yards each. But I thought that Raheem Mostert really sets the tone for the running game out of all of the backs, Despite what the statistics would have tell you in this particular game it was still really really important to have him back in the lineup because he did get the running game going his 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 effort to establish the run between him and Jeff Wilson because they kept going back between the two they had 16 and 12 uh, rushing attempts between the two of them um, for or not between the two of them but Raheem had 16 uh, Jeff Wilson had 12 and so and they, they both uh, they both chipped in 43 yards apiece. Uh, in that effort, but that sets up the jet sweeps that we see from Debo Samuel. It sets up the play action pass that we get out of Nick Mullins. And even though Nick Mullins was really, really bad um, with long balls and with intermediate throws, uh, he he did do very well in the layups. And that seems to work, you know, obviously they're they're the easiest throws to make. But again, you're making them, you know, they're quick throws that you have to get past. The defensive line that batted a few balls uh, during the day, one which led to an interception, and, and those those still have to count. They still have to hit, just like a layup still has to sink through the basket in order to qualify as points. That ball still has to travel through the air, albeit five, six, seven yards, into the hands of moving traffic, and then our guys go and get the yards after the catch. So. All of that seemed to be working well in the first half, and then the Rams adjusted in the second half to slow down the running game and make us one-dimensional, which they were largely successful at. But we just kept hung, hanging in there and grinding out yardage, and we needed when we needed the big play because we weren't getting enough sustainability out of, you know, out of just— the normal uh, script book plays, you know, the guy stepped up. Debo Samuel on that huge third down conversion that to, to set us um, into Rams territory to help set up the field goal by Robbie Gould to win the game. That was huge. That was huge. That, I thought, you know, it was nerve-wracking because I'm thinking, oh, my God, we're struggling on this. We've had some three and outs this game. The Rams have all the momentum right now. A bit. The defense gave, you know, shut down the the Rams and was able to get a punt out of it. So can we can we muster up just enough momentum? You don't even need a lot. You don't even overwhelming dominating momentum, but you need just enough to get you into field goal range for Robbie Gold. That's all we needed, and that's all we got. So th- to me, I don't think you win this game without Debo Samuel, Raheem Mostert, or Richard Sherman. That's my opinion. But considering the impact they had, I feel like that this ends up as an L without them.
0: I agree. Let's talk about Richard Sherman and that defense for a second because, you know, they really kept us in this game. Uh, Richard Sherman had that interception and that tackle for a loss, both huge, huge plays. I thought the interception at the beginning was huge. It it was the type of play that reinvigorates this team from a psychological perspective, you know, and to see Richard Sherman is back, not only is back, he is instantly making an interception, instantly, instant impact. Right there on the field, immediately. Boom. That's the kind of play that wakes the entire defense up, that shows, yo, our leaders are back. He's one of the team captains for a reason. And that kind of play shows why he is exactly who he is and why he belongs in where he is. The difference, too, it's amazing to see, Raymond, just in general, how far along Robert Salah has evolved this season. And you know we've been saying it all season. But he is looking more and more. Like the defensive coordinating version. Of Kyle Shanahan. This defense has been as depleted. If not even more depleted at times. Than the offense. And his ability to keep that defense going. Week in and week out, keeping, no matter who he has out there, his ability to scheme and to take away what these other teams are good at. It is so impressive. And I think Robert Salah doesn't get enough credit with this defense. They look fantastic out there. And it doesn't matter who he's got, man. He is able to just produce at a coaching level. And it's very impressive. And I was really happy to see Richard Sherman make that happen. But let's not forget, there's another guy we haven't touched on yet. Our boy, the rookie, the first-round pick, Javon Kinlaw, this is what we drafted him for. And he has gotten better incrementally, slowly but surely. You know, wasn't quite lights out the way DeForest Buckner was in his first year, but that pick six was a testament to what this kid's capable of and i was so excited to see him we know we've seen him moving along we've seen him getting better and better getting better at applying pressure getting better to the at the nfl speed at the nfl technique and then boom we get that pick six. He said in an interview after the game, he said, we're going to the crib. He said, he yeah, knew.
1: he, he... <laughs> I'm supposed to be rushing. So he wasn't even doing the thing he was supposed to be doing. But instincts told him otherwise. And it actually ended up paying off in the biggest way possible. So kudos to him for that. Although um, my, I, I'm very pleased to see that from him, even though, you know, you know, obviously it wasn't the it wasn't his primary assignment. It wasn't even on his assignment sheet for that particular play. But it worked out. He went on his on football instincts, and it went out. And he's a grinder, so I'm just glad to see that some of that grinding is starting to pay off in terms of how he reads the play and what what and reacting to the play as it's happening right before him. So obviously, just want to see that translate into sacks going forward. So hopefully, it does. Uh, I think Kerry, Kerry Hyder probably had the best game out of all the defensive linemen. Two sacks, two TFLs, four quarterback hits. He has seven and a half sacks on the season. Uh, he continues to be very productive on the line. I can only imagine how much better he's going to do once we get Nick Bosa back and solidify the edge. I know uh, D Ford is scheduled to be in that position, but I have a I have a very suspicious feeling that he will be jettisoned at the end of this season just because we need cap room, and he has just not produced with all that money he's gotten. He, health is a huge problem, and I think with Quan Alexander uh, leaving, because we had guys to replace him. I I think there might be some room for edge uh going forward and D Ford is another guy out here. But that's that's further along the line. I don't want to get too far off into the weeds on that. I want to talk about the defense some more. So Kerry Hyder was really the guy that stood out to me in addition to Javon Kinlaw. Dre Greenlaw was also there. He was tied for team high in sacks along with Richard Sherman. They had seven apiece. Dre Greenlaw I mean tackles. Tackles, yes. Yeah, uh, he missed a couple of uh He had like one missed tackle where he should have made, but for the most part, he's starting to do the same thing that Fred Warner does game in and game out, and that's be all over the field making plays. Um, He had a TFL as well. Richard Sherman also had a TFL. Richard Sherman also had a pass deflection to go along with his pick. Uh, Fred Warner did Fred Warner things. We talked about Jimmy Ward earlier with the two-force fumbles. So just amazing effort from all the guys that typically contribute. So even though we're missing some stars, the stars produced today between Richard Sherman, Greenlaw, Fred Warner, and Jimmy Ward, Kerry Hyder and Javon Kinlaw. They all made plays. So once the consistency starts to settle in for the younger guys in Javon Kinlaw and even Kerry Hyder, I mean, he... He was drafted by Detroit and came up for Detroit for three years, and now he's with us. But so he's still a young guy.
0: I love Kerry Hyder. I think Kerry Raymond, you you spotted Kerry Hyder all the way back, I believe, in week one or two. You were like, "Who's this Hyder guy?" You spotted him way back at the beginning of this season, and you were like, "There's something about this kid. This kid looks good." And that, that he is that that pickup for us is paying more and more dividends every single week.
1: Yeah, and he I mean uh, outside of a half a sack, he's already matched his rookie season totals, which was 38 tackles, 8 sacks with the Detroit Lions. So, he's on pace to do much better than his rookie season. He didn't do a whole lot in 2018 and 2019, but in new system, better coaching because we all know what happens in Detroit. I mean, D- Detroit just fired their GM and head coach. So, we all know how great that coaching that coaching uh Regime has gone but uh, in a better system better coaching better talent around him and as you can see the the play has improved as a result so happy to see that and look very excited for his progress going forward because a lot of the backups just aren't healthy and just can't stay healthy so I'm not sure what so we need some we need some consistent bodies back there you know uh, DJ Jones uh, can't stay healthy long enough to stay on the field even though he's an impact player when he's there Nick Bosa done for the year we all know that Solomon Thomas Still waiting for him to to show up, uh, but you know his presence is obviously missed, regardless of what you think of his his progress up to this point. Um, so to me, I feel like uh, I feel like he's a bright, uh, he's got a bright future with this team, and we kind of got him at a cheap price right now. So we need to take advantage of that and just groom him, cause have him be a complement to Devon Kinlon, Eric Armstead, because once the line gets healthy. You can have a pretty fearsome foursome in this group. I don't not necessarily know if it'll be as good as the gold rush of last season, but it can be pretty close in terms of projected talent and and potential talent. It can get pretty darn close, and I think that's pretty exciting because we know what Nick Bosa can do. We know what Eric Armstead can do when he's got complementary pieces around him, and we can and we're already seeing what Kerry Hyder can do. And we're getting little little glimpses every other game, every few game games out of Javon Kinlaw so as long as that progress continues to happen out of Kinlaw and Kerry Hyder, then I think uh you know the 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 pass rush of the 49ers is in good is in good hands
0: absolutely Raymond I completely agree this defense um, despite all the injuries we've seen young players new players and rookies starting to step up. And like you said, I like that you broke down that list because I'm looking at the list too, and it's it's become the who's who of this season, right? Sherman, Greenlaw, Warner, Ward, Verrett, Heider. Yeah, I didn't even mention him. Yeah, I mean, you know, like the Mosley, I mean, this is the who's who. These are the guys. These are the guys this season that have been keeping this team afloat. And uh, these are great reps. And uh, despite this season not being the season that we want, uh, I still feel like we are more than poised to make a really good run next year. But that's getting a little ahead of ourselves. Raymond, I want to talk about who gets our game balls. But before we do the game balls, let's, of course, go through our highlights of the game, our three highlights that we had uh, for, for this for this game. And so here we go. I'm going to bring them up right now. Now, these are our highlights of the game. If you go to Instagram.com at, at the Goldcast, you can see these highlights. So very first one was of course obviously the traditional Thanksgiving dinner that we always have with the Rams beforehand and you can see that the 49ers logo just grabs the Rams logo and we just slam him into the turkey. This was a preview of things to come. Maybe not the most uh, polite way to start Thanksgiving, but I felt it felt appropriate to me. So the very next one, we have a huge attempt right here. We have a huge attempt by by Aaron Donald to tackle Debo Samuels, but see Debo's smart. He's not having it, right? So what, right. When Aaron Donald goes for this jump, here we go. He goes for the jump and go oh, right <laughs> neck on the rope. And that'll take him out that he was a done deal. That's what happens when you don't
1: know who your opponent is. Remember in October when Aaron Donald said who Debo, who, I don't know who that is. Yeah. Don't, 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 don't try to, don't try to fool us with your, uh, with your disrespect, because now you've gotten owned twice by that player. That player has owned the Rams twice. He actually had a career high in receiving yards today at 133, also a career high in targets at 13. So uh, I'm pretty sure he knows who Debo is at this point.
0: I'm pretty sure. And then, you know, McVay this is our final highlight of the game. McVeigh believing the Niners were dead after those 17 unanswered points. He tries to put us in the coffin, but Shanahan comes right out and go oh, right on the throat of McVeigh and the rest is history. Final score 23-20 in favor of the 49ers. Now, those are our three highlights of the game. And if you want to see those again, you can see them at Instagram at i at at i I am Rudy Third. That's mine. At the the Goldcast. Uh, Raymond, now w- before we leave, who gets your game balls? Man, on
1: offense, I've got to go Debo Samuel. I've already I already foreshadowed that, so I'm going to stick with that one. Debo Samuel, career high in yards and targets, was clearly the workhorse of the offense, was the anchor, was the MVP of the game. Uh, got that big conversion late in the fourth quarter to help rot- set up the Robbie Gold field goal. On defense, Man, this is a tough one. I feel like out of respect, I feel like Richard Shermanson get it for making an instant impact. But I think I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Jimmy Ward. He had two turnovers. Uh, he had multiple turnovers there. I gotta give it to Jimmy because he he uh, he's just from everything he's gone through, and the same for Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman's gone through a lot, and he had that pick, like I said, over in, in the towards the end of the first quarter. But Jimmy Ward set the tone with the with the early fumble and then set it again in that same quarter with another fourth fumble. So Jimmy Ward set the tone early with the turnover battle here, which we would end up winning, and those, those points meant everything because we only won by a field goal. So, everything counted in this game. And I feel like because Jimmy set that tone first, I got to go with my game ball for Jimmy.
0: I love it. Excellent choices. I agree, I think unequivocally on offense. The game ball has to go to Debo Samuel. I also deliver my game ball to Debo Samuel. And then for the defense, I'm actually, I was. I wanted to go Richard Sherman. I really did and that's actually who I originally chose on Sunday as I was thinking about this episode we were going to record today. I had a conversation who with our father, the you know, the unofficial third mem- fourth member of the gold cast, uh, Rudy Jr, and he influenced me to go a different way. So my game ball, and this is this is his pick and I'm going with his pick. my game ball today is going to go to the entire, defense of the san francisco 49ers mm,
1: very good you couldn't have gone wrong with that you, i thought you were gonna say robert sala at first i'm gonna say that would have been a solid pick too
0: that would have been good too
1: coaches are eligible everyone's eligible and to be honest if if we're talking about kryptonite robert sala is the true kryptonite to sean McVay. even though kyle shanahan's offense always gets the best of mcveigh's defense mcveigh is not the defensive coordinator for the rams so you know there there's there's some technical some technical you know lines to be drawn there if we want to get uh, specific. So so yeah that's uh, that's a good pick there.
0: Yeah, the entire defense. And you know what I think I think it's fair to say Robert Salah gets included in that. It's his it's his squad. Yeah, so the whole defense, including the coach, the, the Robert Salah on down. You guys get the game ball from from me. Uh, because they, 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 they kept us in this game, and they earned it. They, they really fucking earned it, and I'm really proud of them. Uh, any final thoughts before we go, Ray?
1: Just said it feels good to get a win. feels great to get a win on what was a very joyous, albeit different, holiday weekend this year and Thanksgiving, so very thankful for what we were able to celebrate with, who we were able to celebrate it with, and nothing beats watching a 49ers win with family.
0: Absolutely, I completely agree. It may be one of the only games I get to see with you guys this season. So the fact that it was such a dramatic win in such a dramatic fashion, uh, it was great to watch it with all of us, and including, uh, not nearly mentioned enough, our fantasy fanatic little brother, Dean Solis. He He got to watch the game with us, too. That was pretty badass for the four of us to watch the game together. So either way, we hope that you had a safe and happy holiday uh we're looking forward to finishing off the holidays here at the end of december Uh, we will be back later on in the week to preview our upcoming matchup against the buffalo bills this will definitely be an interesting game and i think a winnable game yes because we we lost we lost our home field (laughs) the due to covid (laughs) yeah yeah, we're that was we're announced. I mean, so
1: the good news is we know that these next two games are going to be played in Arizona and will be practicing in Arizona. But what happens after that is anyone's guess at this point,
0: we will be back later on in the week to preview that game. So we are very excited. and We're looking forward to it. Um, I unfortunately I am on a shutdown for the month. So uh, LA LA counties and shutdown so expect the videos to actually come out a little bit earlier than you're used to which is be a benefit at, at the times we would rather have them out so expect to see the gold cast videos out a little bit earlier than what you're what you're normally used to expecting and that'll be the advantage that we take uh, during this time off and so concludes another edition of the gold cast we are the voice of the bay I'm your host Rudy Suisse third and with me is my brother my co-host Raymond Celisa first baby. Boom! We'll see you next time. Same gold cast time, same gold cast channel.
1: This is is
0: the gold cast.